0: It is hour two of the game, the game after work. We're on until 5.30. Mitch Fortner, David G., Travion Berklin currently on the phone getting our guests ready to go. We're about to speak with Utah play-by-play voice Bill Riley here on the show. Talk about Utah making the transfer from the Pac-12 to the Big 12 as of late last week. Travion, we were talking to him during the break, and he's he's getting our guests on the phone, so we can't have him comment just yet, but... uh, was telling us, so he just got back from Lollapalooza like this afternoon, driving back from Chicago. A lot of driving for him to and from by himself. <laughs> and then he tells us that he slept in his car It's crazy. the whole weekend in Chicago. But dude, we would have like, definitely thrown in on a hotel room. No man. kidding. I, definitely. I mean, I know it's Lollapalooza. He just kind of gives us a, oh, this whatever. This guy's
1: crazy. I, I man, man, if he would have told me that, I would have forced him to go get a hotel room. Man, that is crazy. That is the love of music right there, buddy. And being young, you know. If I did that, if I stepped in my car, I, I wouldn't be able to walk. <laughs> well, that's like, hey! quite the adventure,
0: right? And If I'm at his age. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, now Trey's back with us. I mean, you could speak on this. But, I mean, driving to and from Chicago by yourself and then staying in your car for Lollapalooza, I know you saved a lot of money, but you weren't worried at all. Like, where'd you park? I uh, So there's a parking garage right next to uh, Grant Park, and I just stayed there. Oh, you saved on parking as well. Yeah. Well, actually, did you have to pay, like, was it free parking? No. Okay. So I booked it, like, two months in advance, and it was like $100 for the whole weekend. Wow. Unbelievable. Okay. But you did save a lot of money then, I'm sure. That was smart. All right, let's get to our guest. He is the Utah play-by-play voice. Bill Riley now joins us on the game. Well, Bill, how does it feel right now, a couple of days settling in, that the Utah Utes are going to be going from the Pac-12 to the Big 12? Is it still a little weird?
2: Uh, a little bit. I mean, we've known for a while the Pac twelve media rights deal was kind of up in the air and the Big Twelve was probably the logical uh the logical move for Utah. Was it wasn't gonna be the SEC, was it gonna be the ACC, probably was it gonna be the Big Ten. So um just kind of settling into the fact that the conference Utah's been in for twelve years will not probably exist a year from now. But I think a lot of people are excited about the move to the Big Twelve. A lot of good football, a lot of great basketball in the conference. And, you know, I think Utah is going to be a good fit in the conference.
0: So from what I understand, I mean, Utah has been very committed to the Pac-12 because the Pac-12 was, you know, they opened their doors open to Utah about 11 years ago and brought in the first group of five into a power five. Was it hard for Utah to let that kind of commitment go at the end of the day?
2: No, I think what it's called, guys, is loyalty. I think you want to be committed to the conference you're in and all in with as long as humanly possible. The athletic director, the president of the university were working very hard as others were in the conference to try and keep it together. It's 108 years of history. It's a really great historical conference. But at the end of the day, the commissioner couldn't bring a good media rights deal to the table. You have to be loyal to yourself first in the end. And so Utah tried its best. Uh, their A.D. Mark Harlan, their President Taylor Randall were both outstanding to try to keep the conference together, to try to figure out a way to do it. But in the end, the media rights deal just wasn't good enough. And so in the end, you've got to look out for yourself. And in Utah's plan B, and they had had long conversations with the Big 12 in advance, well, was to make that move to the Big 12. It had nothing to do with, you know, people want to couch it as, well, Utah didn't want to move to the Big 12. No, they, they just wanted to stay in the conference where they had a 12-year history. And in 108 years of good athletic, it had nothing to do with the Big 12. They're very happy with the move now, but, you know, you want to do your very best to try to keep your family together if possible. Did
0: it surprise you how quiet, uh, when it comes to how behind closed doors it was for Utah, how quiet they were during this whole process? Because there were hard, weren't a whole lot of uh, media talking about what Utah was thinking about at the time.
2: No, because I know the AD and President personally, and, and they don't like to conduct their business in public. It's what I told Utah fans who were fretting over the fact that nobody was talking about Utah. It doesn't matter if I'm talking about Utah, if you guys are talking about Utah, if Dennis Dodd or Pete Bamel are talking about Utah. What matters is, is Brett, Yormark talking to Utah. And it turns out they were behind the scenes. They, they, these are guys that, you know, the best deals aren't done in public. The best deals that get done quickly, and if you guys notice, uh, the conference crumbled, and within about three hours, Utah was a member of the Big 12 Conference because the athletic director at AD was doing their due diligence behind the scenes. So you know, knowing those two guys and how they operate, very like, it didn't surprise me at all that there wasn't a lot leaking out.
0: So you do a sports talk radio show like we do, and I'm sure you've been talking about conference realignment for weeks like we have just consistently. When Colorado jumped and went back to the Big 12 what was your thought at that point? Were you thinking, all right, now the, big, the Pac-12 might be bleeding a little bit? Did you think Utah was far behind, or was it just too hard to tell at that point?
2: Well, the bleeding began last summer. Let's not kid ourselves. Yeah. When USC and UCLA, when Fox Sports you know, executed the, Q, uh, the coup on the conference, that's when the bleeding began. And then Colorado, it, it, the, the timing of it is what kind of surprised me with Colorado. To be fair, guys, and I'm not throwing... I like Colorado. I have good relationships with people there. The coaches have been good to me. Well, I I don't know Deion Sanders, but the others have been. Losing Colorado was not some sort of a death blow for the conference. You know, they were were in line to add San Diego State, which would have been an upgrade athletically. um, If they could have kept it. But the death blow really came on Friday morning when Fox Sports once again went to the ATM machine and and gave, gave money to Oregon and Washington, albeit a half share. But that, that was really the death blow right there. The Colorado move was curious just in the timing. I just kind of thought, well, why not wait to see what the deal is? They wanted security. They wanted that $31.7 million. They were never a great athletic fit in the conference, so I think they wanted to kind of get back to their roots a little bit. So it really wasn't the Colorado move. But, you know, when when, when Oregon and Washington made that decision to say peace out on Friday morning, that was really it.
0: As for somebody that's been in the Pac-12, was there a moment or a time where you felt like, all right, George Kleofkoff probably isn't going to get this done?
2: You know, it's funny. He's a great bluffer. He really is. Um, I don't know if you guys, you guys watch Seinfeld? Yes. You Seinfeld fans? Mm-hmm. Remember the episode where George took Susan's parents to the end of Long Island? Yes, He kept Mm -hmm. telling them and telling them there was was going to be something there at the end of Long Island. And then they got to the end and there was nothing there. But he was confident the whole way. Like he was selling it the whole way. That's kind of how I felt with George Klyovkov. He was really confident in selling that there was going to be a really good media rights deal. And he sold it. He sat right across from me. I was at Pac-12 Media Day a couple of weeks ago in Las Vegas. Sat across from me, smiled at me, shook my hand. And he said, I'll see you August 31st when the youths play Florida, and we're going to have a new meteorites deal. It's going to be great. I and mean, he sold it. He had everybody believing, even the presidents, CEOs, and ADs, you know, believed that there was going to be some sort of a, a, uh, a bailout, some sort of an extra something to the Apple deal, and there really wasn't. So he was a good guy. He is a good guy. Um, he inherited a pretty bad situation from the prior commissioner, Larry Scott, but he really only had, over the last 13 months, he had one, one, really one job, and that was to get a media rights deal that kept the conference together. He wasn't helped at all when Brett Yormark jumped in in front of him and got that deal done with Fox and ESPN. I think that gobbled up some of the money that might have been available with Linear, and so I think he was forced to go with the streaming side of it. And I don't think streaming's a bad thing, but I don't think it could be your only thing, if that makes sense. I don't think we're ready for the point yet where it's your only thing. And it was really the Pac-12's only thing, and that's going to be ultimately George Klyovkov's legacy um, as Pac-12 commissioner.
1: You know, Bill, I think it's easy, hindsight being twenty twenty, You look back, though, and it kind of felt like a lot of people nationally um, kind of saw that that the deal wasn't going to be there or the way he just kept kind of kicking the can down the street, we all kind of thought there is no deal. He's just kind of stringing this along. Do you think it was the schools, athletic directors and presidents just really wanting this to happen? And maybe, um, you know, Colorado, you said the timing was a little funny. Maybe it was just them being proactive and saying, look, we don't have a solid deal. We need to get out of this thing. Well, in
2: so I mean, Colorado, tell- the deal with the Big Twelve would have been there five days later for Colorado. Sure. It wasn't going anywhere. Sure. I mean that 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 was the weird part for me. But yeah, there, there's something to that because they trusted the prior commissioner Larry Scott, and he promised and promised and promised, and the Pac-12 network never made the money they said it was going to make, and he never got a deal done for for rights to be distributed for that network on TV. and they believed him for a decade, and he under, and, and I think that. You know, maybe one of the downfalls of the CEO and presidents is they put too much faith and belief in him, mm. and probably should have demanded a lot sooner. Because remember, he works for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just like every commissioner and pro in pro and college—you work for somebody. Mm-hmm. And maybe they should have been a little bit more proactive in demanding to see some of the numbers on the TV deal. And uh, well, if that would have been the case, I, I just don't think there were any other options for him. I just don't think the Fox and ESPN were coming to the table with any more money. So. It may, have, it may have expedited the process, and maybe Klyakoff knew that. Do hmm.
0: you have a sense of how yeah. the Utah fans now feel about this move, especially with BYU already being in the conference?
2: Utah fans are thrilled, guys. Don't believe any other BS that you read on message boards. Utah fans are thrilled. One, because they stay relevant in a power conference. If you don't get in the Big 12, you're in the Mountain West like Oregon State and Washington State, you ain't relevant. Too, it's a great conference to be in. It fits geographically. You're across some time zones. There's some good teams. Like I said, you know, football is good. Basketball is great. I think from a Utah standpoint, they're going to integrate themselves on the football side of things very well, very quickly. And basketball will take a little time, but they they they, had, they won nine championships in the Pac-12 this year, and in some Olympic sports too. So I, I think they'll be fine. And, and the BYU thing um, is great. They played, we played BYU out here as a non-conference opponent. We, they played them for 80 years as a conference opponent, and Utah has doubled the wins in the all-time series, and they've won 11 of the last 13 matchups. So they ain't scared of BYU out this way. It's a great rivalry. You guys are going to get a first-hand look at it. Um, I, I've said right away, because I grew up in Big 8 country. I went to KU, by the way. Um, it's not... It's going to step in, and people in the Big Twelve are going to realize, "Oh my, there's not a lot of love lost between these two schools, but the rivalry will be great for the Big Twelve conference."
0: I had no idea you went to KU, so you're—I'm uh, guessing—you're going to be kind of interested <laughs> to either make it to Lawrence or make it to Manhattan for a couple of games.
2: Well, yeah, I'm—I I'm, love coming back that direction. Family and friends that still live out there. Um, so, yeah, it would be great to call a game at Allen if I get a chance to. I haven't done that since my college days. and I haven't been to the stadium there in Manhattan since you guys made all the renovations. I think the last time I was in Manhattan for a football game was like 1994. Oh, wow, wow. So it's 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 been a minute. Yeah, I'm old, guys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, let's look at it this way then. So with conference realignment, we no longer really have the border war between Kansas and Missouri. So – is the Is the Holy War with BYU and Utah is that comparable when it comes to the hatred to the border war?
2: It is in a lot of ways. And that's, that, that's the I tried to tell people around here and, and I, I mean this is coming from a can you guys know? KUK states a really good rivalry. Mm-hmm. but it, there's not the hatred, at least from the KU side, the vitriol that there is in that Missouri rivalry, and it dates back to the Civil War. Nobody in Manhattan ever rode on their horses and burned Lawrence down as much as they probably <laughs> wanted to, right? But they did from Missouri. The BYU-Utah thing, is a re- there's a religious component to it, but schools are 40 miles apart. Our head coach is the winningest coach in program history, was an All-American linebacker at BYU. Half of BYU's current staff was on Kyle Whittingham's staff at Utah. It's incestuous. Yeah, I mean, half of her family went to Utah, half of her family went to BYU, and it does. It gets pretty mean and nasty, so, yeah, your, your comparison between the KU-Mizzou thing is probably pretty apt, although I don't believe anybody's lost their life or anything was burned to the ground uh, in this Utah-BYU rivalry.
0: Do you think we're a long ways away from being done with conference realignment?
2: I think we're probably be- being done done. I don't know, but... We're probably another three or four years away from another set of it. You know, the ACC is going to be interesting. I mean, what happens in the ACC? Does do they somehow break their grant of rights? You know, um, I don't know that there's much else that could. I mean, I don't don't know that the ACC or the uh, SEC and the Big Ten are jonesing to add anybody else. But if a Notre Dame or a Clemson or an FSU came free, you know, maybe you would look at that. But I, I, I. unless the ACC breaks apart in the next year or two, or, or the of rights gets broken, I don't think we'll see anything else major, at least for the next few years. Big 12, remind me here, Big 12's a six-year deal. AC, uh, Big 10's an eight-year deal. Yep. SEC's a ten-year deal, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So so the, the Big 12 deal's going to come up again before the other two biggies. Right. And, and, and the ACC's another 12 years. I mean, who in the world signed that thing? <laughs> so... I mean, I, I, don't, I, I don't really foresee it, another major, but, but then again, I didn't foresee this either. I didn't foresee USC and UCLA leaving last summer either, but you kind of have to be in a window where, you know, grant of rights and conference media rights deals are up because it costs you a lot of money to buy yourself out of those deals. So I, I'm sure there'll be another major round. I think we're going to get to either two or three big conferences by the time it's all said and done but that might be a decade away. So that'd be my guess right
0: now. All right, Bill, to wrap up, um, you know, Utah has been top dog, really, in the Pac-12 for the last few years, winning back-to-back championships, making it to the Rose Bowl. I'm sure also a, a hard part of this is making the transfers that you guys are top dogs in the Pac-12, and now you're making the transition, and you're hoping not to have to hit a reset button. But in 2023, I know Cam Rising is back, trying to go back-to-back-to-back with championships. Uh, in the Pac-12, and you're probably just a couple of games away from really making an argument for the uh, college football playoff. You think Utah in 2023 is going to go out with a bang in the Pac-12?
2: I do. They, it's not just Cam Rising back; it's 17 starters back, wow. coaching staff in place. Um, you know, it's it, it's it's a good team. But here's the thing, guys: SC's really good. Washington's yeah. really good. Oregon's really good. Oregon State's really good, and Utah plays every single one of those teams, plus UCLA. Oof. So it's a freaking gauntlet this year. UCLA skips, I think, Oregon and Washington, but everybody pretty much plays everybody this year. I think they've got a great—if Rising stays healthy, you know, there's something to—you guys know this—there's something to— because Snyder did it for so many years, and Kleiman's building it now. There's so much to having a championship mentality and, and guys that have been there and done that. And and, and Utah's got that. There's not a single guy on their roster except for a true freshman that hasn't played in at least one Pac-12 championship game. They've been to four straight. They've won the last two. They've been to four straight Pac-12 championship games. So there's a championship DNA here. But health is such a big deal in this conference. It it sucks that the narrative right now is the thing breaking up because I I have no problem saying it. Top six, top seven, nobody's better right now than the Pac-12. The SEC might have Georgia and a few at the top, but one through six or so down to UCLA with Oregon State you, and, and the quarterbacks that are in this league this year, Rising, Penix, Williams, Knicks, um, Uga, Uyungle, mm-hmm. um the, kid, uh, the, the Garbers are more kid at UCLA, Jaden DeLore. This, this conference is going to be so good this year. So I, I think Utah's got a really good chance to do it, but man, it's a tough league this year. It really is.
0: Well, Bill, it's uh, been a pleasure to talk to you, and uh, we'll see you in the Big 12 here very soon. Thank you very much for your time. Hey,
2: call me anytime, guys. I'll talk to you soon. Looking forward to it.
0: Thank you so much. That's Bill Riley, play-by-play voice of the Utah Utes here on the game. Uh, what do you think, Trey? Do we have about a minute or two left? Sure. Okay. Well, Deed, you want to get to a little bit of Ask Us Anything we can wrap up the show?
1: Uh, no. Okay. So That's going to uh, do it for the show, everybody. <laughs> Hey man! Thank you to Bill and besides, like K State, and besides wrestling, what fanhood are you a part of that you will defend to the end? You take it personally when people get the band
0: Ghost. Oh, (laughs) dude! It's
1: it's it's a
0: definitely a different taste, and I've tried to get Lindsay uh, on the bandwagon a little bit. I've played a song. Or two for her, and I can kind of tell it's it's registering a little bit. Sure. But still qu- isn't quite a
1: fan. Yeah. Uh, But I- I'm definitely a big Ghost fan. You and former K-Man reporter Sam Honeybuns, yeah, he, he's a huge Ghost fan. After he show- saw the show, he is all in on them. And people when people say anything about him online, I see him just go... Well, and
0: when it comes to wrestling, I mean, specifically AEW.
1: Yeah. You're a huge proponent of AEW.
0: Well, I mean, when they go from one year being worth $5 million and now they're worth close to $200 million, I mean, they're doing something right. Plus, about to put on the biggest wrestling show when it comes to a paid attendance the world has ever seen. Ooh, So, I mean. Jump on the bandwagon now, punks. What about Trey? What is Trey what's he on the bandwagon for these days? I mean live or die. Music's the obvious one. But Michael was, Jackson. yeah, I was gonna say being a moonwalker. Well, it's tough these days, you know, and we go through a lot of yeah. ridicule and crap, so
1: just say what everybody else thinks when Michael Jackson comes up, just just mention it to Trey and he you can see the blood boil and and he starts he starts like he's a lawyer. And starts <laughs> documenting the times and dates where, and where my Jackson was. When it
0: comes to the negativity, because trust me, I've spent my whole life having to Trying defend him. Trying to defend him? Yeah, yeah, and the whole thing. So, you know.
1: I'm sure the old Blue Valley High School has a little tough. <laughs> yeah. For me, it's BLTs. Actually, <laughs> it's actually more tomatoes in general, but BLTs as a uh, a great sandwich and a great meal. Uh, BLTs don't get a lot of love, and everybody out here hating, especially tomatoes. Man,
0: I'm not a, 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 a tomato guy. Yeah, I, like I slice tomato. A Netflix. lot of
1: people, man, I just slice them and put a little salt on it and boom, 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 down the hatch, baby.
0: Also, I'm um, I'm pretty big on uh, ketchup being an overrated condiment. Ooh, you're not you're not a ketchup guy. I mean, I'm fine with the, like the spicy ketchup from Waterburger. I think Ooh. it's great, but I think once you've had it, that regular ketchup just just does, does not do it for you. Ugh. Like if ketchup is the only condiment available, and I'm having some fries, I just won't have any sauce for my fries.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you uh, keep your uh, ketchup cold? Yes. My wife is a is a well cupboard ketchup and, person, and I'm also big Weird. on
0: uh, I'm big Weird. on mayonnaise for my French fries. I yeah, love I love that. So if you watch Weakest oh. Link, yeah, Weakest good. Link with Jane Lynch, it's on nine o'clock NBC. It'll be on tonight. <laughs> yeah. I I think she does a phenomenal job. But she roasted somebody for liking mayonnaise with their... French fries I think it's great
1: yeah, it's If it's Hellman's too ooh, Look out Big uh,
0: big uh, European thing Yeah
1: They drenched their fries In that stuff man What do they call Whopper I
0: don't know Also Have you Berkeley. ever had It's called Horsey Sauce It's at Arby's Oh yeah dude I don't know I I for some reason I never had it Until like oh. Three months ago
1: Love that stuff.
0: I mean, it'll burn your insides if you have a little bit too much to <laughs> it on one bite. <laughs> yeah. But, man, it'll it's a delicious. It. It's good. Oh, I'd rather have that than than any ketchup, pretty much. Mm. All right. We're back for an hour and a half tomorrow for Trey Deach. I'm Mitch. Go Cats.